Hi, I'm Karen Cook, and welcome to At Source Podcast, a place where natural health and well-being are at the forefront of the conversation. Gain useful insights direct from the source from doctors, industry experts, wellness advocates, and everything in between. This is a place for busy people who want to get to the core of health and wellness with information about the latest health advances and trends. In this series, we talk with and learn from inspiring leaders from all walks of life, touching on important topics that will help answer some of the key questions about natural health, well-being, fitness, and all things direct from the source. Rob and Linda Haynes started the New Zealand Health Food Company in 1988 because they share a vision of supplying hand-picked natural health products from New Zealand. This journey has seen four generations of his family working within the company for over 30 years and has seen them grow to share good health and vitality with people across the globe. Listen on as Rob explains his family journey into health and well-being, his appetite for new discoveries and challenges faced in today's post-COVID environment. A warm welcome to Rob Haynes, who's the founder and owner of New Zealand Health Food Company and Manuka South. Thanks so much for joining us, Rob, on the At Source podcast for Nature B. You're welcome. My pleasure. So I thought it might be good just to provide a very uh, short background, um, an overview, I guess, around how you fit your sort of your DNA in the natural food space here in New Zealand. Um, because from what I understand, you've long supplied Kiwis with a range of natural products. Um, and, I, and you can tell us a little bit about that. Um, I understand it's also a family business. So just keen to hear how it all started for you. Sure. Well, uh, 30-something years ago, um, I was working for a company processing deer velvet, and that um, opened my eyes to the Asian culture and their interest in natural health products. And um, I saw an opportunity while working for this company to do a product that not many people knew about. So I took a stab and... um, started doing shark cartilage um, and one thing led to another and next thing I was doing half a dozen different products, uh, sea cucumber, deer velvet, um, shark cartilage, um, green lip mussel and next thing you you know I had employees and, uh, and orders and that's how it all started really. So you were just, you were in business, it just happened quite quickly by the sounds of it. It happened quite quickly. There was an opportunity and I decided to pursue it and um, it was good timing. I didn't have a lot of money, um, but it was the best thing I ever did. And I think I was always destined for it. It's in, it's in my blood. Interesting. It almost sounds a little bit entrepreneurial there that you saw an opportunity and you went for it. Yeah, and that's pretty much what it was. The, the, the natural health business is a little bit like fashion. It comes and it goes and people, um, they're, they're hot on something and then it's not so hot. And it never fades away completely. So it's a, similar to surfing. You've got to catch that wave and have a go. Life's short. Yeah, interesting. And of course, you know, the work that you're doing, it's all about enriching the lives of Kiwis, right? So um, making a difference. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it must, it must feel good uh, being able to, you know, provide New Zealanders with, you know, the premium products that you do. Um, and, and it sounds like, you know, it's a family initiative and it's run all the way through the family, I believe, four generations? 
That's correct. Yeah, when I first started, um, my mum worked in production and um, she's still the best production worker we ever had. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, of course, then my son came home from his travels um, about seven years ago, I think, and um, he, he joined the company and my other two daughters, one is in warehouse and dispatch and the other is in uh, social media and marketing. And then my grandchildren have all played a part, school holidays, and I'm hoping that they come on board full-time at some stage. Mm. So it, I never set out for it to be a family business. It's turned into one, but it's um, it's a wonderful asset to have your family working for you. And I've been asked, you know, is having a family business tough? Yep. It can be. It presents a unique set of issues, but the the positives far outweigh the negatives. So I'm very proud of the fact that it is a family business. Well, it seems to be a topical thing, family business, here in New Zealand. I've seen a fair few articles, um, actually more recently in the NBR about this and in mainstream media too, other you know mainstream media channels, um, the rise of the family business. So I do think you've touched on a really interesting point there. Um, so how long has the company been going for, Rob? It's over 30 years now. Wow. I lost count at 30, so it might be 32, 33 years. Mm. Um, I'm just as enthusiastic now as I was when I started. Um, things have got a little bit uh, more difficult and tricky these days. Um, but in saying that, you know, keeping young people coming on board as a way to keep up with the changes. That's true. And your your son, Sam, um, mm. you know, who he, I understand he joined the business in 2013. He'd been offshore mm. and you, you do you do sort of mention that, you, you know, your kids are involved in the business. My understanding is that Sam um, had the vision for Manuka South. Is that right? He did. Um, we had an email from um, MPI telling us that a brand that we were selling was no longer able to be sold. They they considered it, uh, had the word doctor in it, Dr. B. And uh, so we had to rebrand in a hurry and Sam had the vision for a brand, a luxury brand, and he has made Manuka South um, fit into that category beautifully. Mm. And um, the uh, range of customers that we have would attest to the fact that we've pitched that at the top of the tree and given New Zealand's finest UMF Manuka honey to that top end of markets all around the world. It's been very successful. Yeah, that's that's just really interesting. I mean, we know honey's the jewel of the crown in terms of, um, you know, hive exports and the opportunity in this post or during this COVID environment has been immense, right? Um, the publicity that premium New Zealand honey has in these global markets is, is quite something. So I'd be really interested just to hear a little bit about that, where you're positioning your honey, um, any trends or anything that you're noticing in particular um, just around this honey equation for New Zealand. Well, COVID changed everything as far as distribution. I mean, we were selling a lot of honey in New Zealand to overseas tourists who were visiting here. And as we know, that's um, no longer possible with the borders closed. And so there was a big switch to online. And then you'll see the rise of Amazon in amongst that. And then Amazon America, Amazon Japan. Um, So those sort of distribution models are doing very well. 
um, there's been a general upsurge in interest in boosting your immune system all around the world. Um, and so new markets have popped up and we're getting inquiries from, um, you know, United Arab Emirates, um, Oman, Saudi Arabia, um, United States of America, Japan, um, the EU, England. Uh, so then the logistical side is got, also got a little bit tricky with freight and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, everyone's facing the same sort of challenges. Um, but it's certainly, I think, people that are smart have realised that if you look after your own immune system, you stand a better chance in this um, this new world where travel means that viruses will be part of the going forward, I guess. Yeah, that's right. I'd certainly changed up not just how we do business, but consumer drivers. You're right, there seems to be an uptake. And I think, and correct me if, if you see this a little differently, consumers seem to be taking charge a bit more around their own choices and decisions around ways to stay healthy and to keep to keep healthy too. They're doing quite a lot of research. They do. Um, and carefully selecting. I just thought I'd take you back because not everybody would understand, I suppose, the, the nature of premium honey and how the UMF factors are different. And, you know, I know you're selling absolute premium honey. It would be really interesting just to know a little bit more about that. Well, you know, the, the Manuka honey um, has been um, widely communicated to the world for the last 15 years. But in particular, UMF Manuka is a standard of identifying the antibacterial activity in that honey. Um, it's an um, organisation who audits all its members, so the honey's tested, it's audited, it's the trusted way of people knowing what they're buying. So if you want a top-end UMF honey, um, that is the standard to look for, UMF. Um, it's sold pretty much all around the world. Um, it is backed up by a lot of research and all the major companies are involved in this project. So um, look for the UMF mark if you want quality. Um, and I think the understanding of UMF has, uh, it's rolling out more and more recently, but it's um, certainly now the Australians have jumped in on it and uh, there'll be a bit of a challenge coming up there, but I think we can handle that. You mean uh, from a regulatory point of view? From they over the use of the name Manuka. Ah. Uh, yeah, they've they've uh, decided that you know they want that too. So that's that's a challenge that'll go through the courts. But that, you know it's a wonderful superfood honey, and I think people have they finally realised it. Yeah, I I agree. There's plenty out there now and, you know, being published and, you know, in the public domain around the benefits of honey. What could somebody expect to pay for a high-quality, you know, premium UMF honey? Well, the prices, you know, uh, we saw something on the news the other day of the jar in Harrods for, I think it was 5000 New Zealand dollars for 240 grams. But I don't think Kiwis will be looking for that one. Um, I mean, you can pick up some 5-plus UMF Manuka honey probably retail, you know, for $25 for half a kilo, something like that. Um, so it's still affordable and it's 
one of those things you could buy it at the local local fair. Um, there's lots of places to pick it up. So um, all the way through to top end shops, but we're really targeting that top end with our Manuka South range, um, and our uh, UMF rating started about five plus, but we concentrate on ten plus right up to thirty UMF. Interesting. So the uh, I know when I visited you a few months back, we were talking about NPD in the honey range. So you don't have to necessarily disclose too much, but I know that you you are always working, aren't you, towards um, sort of you're working with innovation top of mind. And I mean, is there anything sort of bubbling away at the moment for you guys? It's interesting. We've got a couple of projects bubbling away at the moment. Um and just looking at different delivery systems, really, to deliver the same product through a different delivery system. Um, and won't say too much at this point, but um, COVID has really changed our focus a lot. We lost a lot of customers. Um, so one, it's given us time to reset our internal procedures. And two, it's given us a chance to refocus on our customers, who they are, what they're after in this post-COVID world and um, maybe look at something a little bit different. So um, we're spending a little bit of time and money on R&D and hope to roll something out later on this year. Mm, that sounds really interesting. And you wouldn't be alone. Just what I, from what I'm hearing you saying, you're talking about a bit of pivoting going on internally. And I think, you know, I, a lot of businesses right now are in the same space. And I guess that's what makes these conversations really interesting, um, that there's sort of a relatability factor for, for those of us in business um, trying to get the job done, you know, and there's some, some unique challenges right now. Um, I was just going to ask you, talking about pivots, us just moving into a slightly different domain, um, you know, over the 30 years, you would have noticed enormous change um, within the company, right? So I was just interested uh, in how operations might have changed and how, say, technology uh, impacts the way that you work now. <laughs> Well, when I first started, it was all faxes and uh, phone calls and a lot of phone calls um, around the world. Faxes would come in and get highly excited when that phone fax would ring. And I actually threw out the fax not that long ago. Um, I was felt a little bit unsure about it, but my kids assured me that they had no need for it. So emails have, <laughs> emails have changed things dramatically and... I guess um, Zoom meetings is certainly something that have allowed us to pick up new markets offshore and uh, still proceed with new customers. So that's a very much a part of day-to-day um, -day life. Also, team meetings uh, during lockdown, they were fantastic. We're all set up here now to operate um, with pending lockdowns, which probably be a part of life going forward. Um, and iPhones, I mean, you know, they weren't around when we first started. So you can go on holiday and places and still keep up with what's happening back at the office, which is great. Technology's good. Yeah, it, it, it certainly seems to help us to stay connected. And that's what I'm hearing you say internally, you know, you're 
more connected, but externally, particularly in that sales domain and in that business growth domain, the show's got to go on, doesn't it? And even within New Zealand, you know, FaceTime has been reduced somewhat. So, you know, businesses are sort of becoming more adaptive about the way that they communicate and I don't know about your your place, but certainly the workplace seems to be a more flexible place. Do, do you, are your employees working more at home now? How do you yeah. how do you work it? Yeah, some of them are working more and more from home, and we've got an open policy. As long as they're getting their work done, it doesn't worry me where they work from. Um, I think it's it's good to build a team that just wants the best for the team, and they're willing to put the hours in wherever they are. Um, and once you get that trust in an employee, you should hand it to them and set them free. And, you know, where they're working from just doesn't really matter. Mm. Um, I, you know, I do miss the interaction of industry get-togethers. That's right. Because um, I find that when you go to a new town, new country, and you meet customers, that something good comes out of that. And I do miss that. And um, I'm looking forward to getting together with people again on that front. But until then... It'll be Zoom meetings and Teams, I guess. Absolutely. And and from what I'm hearing you saying is, you know, technology's probably been one of the key shifts for you. I guess I'm interested from a sort of a natural health food trend, Mm -hmm. what insights you may have, the things that you've seen over the past few, you know, decades uh, is the focus, you know, you talk about, you know, shark cartilage in in the the early days and then you talk about, health a little bit like fashion, that it, you ride the wave and it sort of comes in trends. Yeah. I guess my question is, what, what are the trends right now? What's what's relevant? And would you say that it's, you know, every decade or every five years there's shifts? Seems to be every year or two that there's a popular product. Um, you know, over the years, it's, it's um, I think there's, You'd think that would run out of new products, but I think it's actually a variation of existing products, of new delivery systems, or a better understanding of how they work so they can target the active ingredient. Um, Superfoods have gone through a big growth spurt, especially green superfoods. Um, Gut health has boomed. Um, Everything in your body revolves around gut health. So that's a that's a big one. Um, we try to um, not so much follow the trends these days because it's too hard if you do that to get it right. Um, they they die as quick as they rise. So um, we're more conservative you know, rather than chasing these fads. But, you know, keeping things close to home as natural as possible and as unadulterated and unprocessed, I think, is a key. And I think people have clicked on to that. Um, You know, somebody the other day was looking for some pollen from this area because they had some um, allergies and they've been told that, you know, if you eat the pollen from the same area, it can reduce the allergies. Um, so I think there's more of an awakening to that sort of thinking. And people's access to information is wide open now too. They can access information on their phones. That's right. Um, yeah. It's pretty readily available, isn't it? 
Um, totally. So, so uh, I mean, what about this provenance piece? Um, you've touched on it just a little bit with this mention of pollen and yeah. from that particular region where, you, where you're based in Christchurch. But have you sort of seen a shift in, say, consumer demand when it comes to ethically and environmental sourced products over the last few years? Yeah, there certainly has been a big shift towards that. And um, that, I think, is going to be strong going forward. Uh, people want to know how things are produced. They want to know where it's from. Um, and the environmental aspect to it has, has changed dramatically. I mean, they can now test down to the billionth, not the millionth, but the billionth. So people can test when they receive your product and look for contaminants, um, pesticides, um, and that is something that is changing dramatically. With honey recently, we had a glyphosate um, change in status where um, there was some publicity around that. So people are now aware of that and that's tested for uh, by all beekeepers when the product is put in a drum. So environmental issues um, will become more and more important to the consumers as well as being ethically produced. Mm. Um, it's, I'm just interested uh, with your own products, you know, are there any other products that you're sort of taking to the world outside of UMF Honey? Um, at the moment, we... Um, uh, with the refocus and repivoting with COVID, we're not doing any new products. Um, it's I wish I could be as brave and bold to do that, but given the changes that we've had to go through, I'm just sticking to the tried and true for now. Mm. Uh, but we have some things in the pipeline, um, but we'll wait till this COVID cloud passes somewhat before we release them, I think. Mm. So from what I'm hearing here, there's a degree of uncertainty and uh, this sort of, a, are you saying that things can be in a state of flux and leaping out and doing new things right now is a little bit, you know, challenging and you're trying to sort of de-risk? Trying to de-risk completely um, and just get things right because there's a lot of, as you know, and I'm sure all Kiwi, well, everyone around the world would understand that um, COVID's changed everything. So um, it's been quite a severe blow to us with the re-pivot. We've, we've managed to survive and we'll grow again, I'm sure. I have no doubt about that. But um, it's quite tricky to be really courageous at a time like this. But we've found some channels to market that will allow us to do that. So we're just about to put our toe in the water. Um, and that's pretty exciting. So... It's, it's a channel to market to find those same customers that were coming here before, but through a different channel. And um, yeah, quite excited about that. So once we get that up and running, then we can be a bit more braver. But for now, conservative. So smart marketing is what I'm hearing you say here. Yeah, Some definitely. really smart, wily marketing to definitely. be able to reach customers yep. Um, yep. in these sort of challenging times. Yeah. Um, so look, with at source. At Nature Bee, it's a podcast centred on natural health and well-being. I guess with your experience in this space, I'm interested to know how important nature is for you and just hear a little bit about some of nature's healing powers. How would you sum that up? Well, you know, when I um, first got interested, you know, I was working with Deer Velvet and 
Deco products and had a lot of interaction uh, with the Chinese and Korean customers. And it intrigued me the way that their world of medicine works, um, where we were at that time a bit sheltered from it in New Zealand. Um, it, but it intrigued me. They've been around a hell of a lot longer than what we have. And um, they seem to take uh, a big interest in their health and they seem to make their food their medicine. Now, that interested me also. Um, as in the Western world, we've gone through a period of, of bad food. Um, now that's come a 360 and people are looking at what they eat, um, which is great. But, you know... Um, Good health is everything in life. Without that, you're nothing. Um, your world falls falls apart. Um, it doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank or how many cars you have. When you don't have your health, you have nothing. So your health is everything, and you need to make it part of your everyday life. You need to make it part of your life and who you are. And um, I've been through a period of ill health, um, I've had Crohn's disease, I still have it, um, and a form of arthritis called ankylosing spondylitis. So that's been a big part of who Rob Haynes is today, dealing with those issues, finding ways to um, get on with life and adjusting my diet and my exercise and lifestyle to be the best that I can be with those conditions. So, you know, um, again, I think a lot of things come back to eating foods that come from nature as unadulterated and unprocessed as possible um, and making it part of your everyday diet for, to, to lead a good life, as well as good exercise on a daily basis and trying to have a good attitude, you know, wrap that all together, should have a good life. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you have, you know, they're wise words. Um, you've sort of answered my next question because I was going to ask you, what advice would you give to your older self? But I think you've, <laughs> I think you've just gone ahead and answered that. Um, so I'm going to hit you up with a couple of um, out-of-the-box questions because you're obviously a busy guy and you've mentioned exercise and some other, other things that you do. So how do you spend your free time? Ah, good question. Well, at the moment, um, I got dragged into doing F45, so I'm doing 45 minutes of exercise at six in the morning um, out at Rangura, and I'm loving that uh, five days a week. That's been a lot of fun because you go along, you don't have to think, and it's all done and over with by seven. And then I eat a wonderful breakfast uh, that I prepare for myself and my wife at home. And then I um, head into New Zealand Health Food and have a great day with good positive vibes around me. And then uh, on a Wednesday and a Saturday, I go to an Iyengar yoga class uh, with a teacher that I've followed for many, many years. And then every night at home, I do yoga myself. Um, that has kept me sane, kept me standing tall and kept uh, my brain to be able to sleep at night. Um, so I do that and then um, I've always been a wee fan of uh, the boxing world so I do a bit of boxing training on a Monday as well um, no contact just on the pads and a bit of exercise 
And then when I get a chance over on the west coast, I love climbing mountains. So any chance I get, I, I get up a get up a hill and take the dog or grandson for a walk. So I love keeping active, and um, I've got lots of energy, and um, I want to keep active every day of my life. And I think that's key to you know being happy and healthy. Absolutely. I mean that's that's a, an, an impressive. <laughs> Routine of activity, so I could, I could, could I safely assume that you're not watching Netflix? <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't get enough Wi-Fi <laughs> to do it. We're in the country, uh, um, and <laughs> I wish I could, but I can't watch a complete movie. There's not enough Wi-Fi, so no, 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 no Netflix. Oh, well, that's probably why you're sort of busy turning to the outdoors and moving as much as you are. We should yeah. probably all take a leaf out of your hat. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I mean, it's, it's been interesting. I just wanted to take the time to thank you for our chat today. And, um, you're welcome. You know, if, if listeners wanna, our listeners want to reach you, where's, where's the, or how's the best way of getting hold of you? Uh, maybe email rob at nzhealthfood.com will, will find me. Um, or you could just go to the website at nzhealthfood.com. Okay. Um, either way. nzhealthfood.com yep. or rob at nzhealthfood.com. Dot com. Easy. Yeah. Easy as. Easy. Well, thanks, Rob. Um, we'll stay chatting and uh, you take good care of yourself. Stay well. Thanks. You too. Thanks, Karen. Thanks for tuning in and joining our conversation and stay tuned for more episodes. Please rate, review and subscribe. Check out the show notes if you'd like to contact this episode's interviewee. At Source Podcast does not accept any liability for the results of any actions taken or not taken upon the basis of information in this podcast or for any errors or omissions. Those acting upon information do so entirely at their own risk. We recommend that you seek professional assistance from certified doctors for your health and well-being issues.